the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Holy mackerel. Is that my voice? Sounds scratchy. <clears throat> Let's see if I can find it. Hello. <clears throat> hello. Hello, hello, hello. It's Friday. Wait, wait, wait. Let me start again just in case we ever use this show on another day. It's that day of the week. Oh, 800 <laughs> 1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. We can talk about the top stories of the day. We can talk about chicken fingers. What are we going to talk about with chicken fingers? <clears throat> Whenever I go to a restaurant, I order chicken thumbs. Because there's got to be a lot of those laying around, right? Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all weekend. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. Um... Like I said, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. I don't think it's that difficult to accumulate wealth, but where it becomes kind of tricky is you have to set aside time and money. And time's kind of the tricky part because when you're setting aside time, you're younger. When you're setting aside money, you're younger and you want to spend that money as much of it as you possibly can. I think that's the, the very basic idea on getting wealthy, time and money. You have to set priorities. Your priorities are often the hardest step in achieving financial literacy, financial goals, um, priorities. You know, everyone who's listening right now, you probably want to retire from age 60 to 100. That's a priority. That's a goal, right? You probably want to maybe have a kid. That's $250,000 for about 20 years of your life. So from when the baby's born at zero to the time he goes to college at 20, it's about $250,000 minimum. So 
do the math on that, 125 is about 12,000 a year. So whatever you're making now, you need to budget an extra 12,000 roughly. If you want to send that kid to college, it's going to be another 200, 250,000 over a four-year period. So you're going to want to start thinking about that if you're involved or there are going to be student loans. Right now, the parents taking out loans used to cover about 42% of kids' college. Now it's about 40%. So we're putting more money up front. So you have to have goals. I've got a friend who likes to go out on a boat and ski a wakeboard. And, uh, you know, his goal there, that's what that's an expensive hobby. That's not cheap. And uh, on top of that, he has to get a little extra disability insurance and life insurance just because he's partaking in a hobby that's not, how shall we say, easy on the body. So you got to get a budget. Um, unfortunately, when you're young, you spend money on basically fast food. You spend money on booze. You spend money on things that really don't have a good return on investment. And again, part of getting wealthy is that young angle. So you want to get comfortable with a bank account. You want to get comfortable with a brokerage account. I recently opened a Fidelity American Express card. It's 2% cash back. Um, so I had to get online and set it up to auto pay every month but with my bank account. And I also had to get online and set up an account with Fidelity so they could deposit the cash back savings into a Fidelity account for me. It took 40 minutes, maybe. But I did it. And now I'm saving... I'm using my credit cards to a little bit more efficiency on cash back. I've got a friend who has a credit card that has airplane miles because she likes to travel. I'm like, you know, that's really not that good of a deal. You'd be better back off with the cash back and buying your plane ticket six weeks in advance. But can't can't argue with that. Um, people like their miles. They feel like it's a free flight. <laughs> it's just cute. You go out and spend money on a credit card that something's given to you for free. So you have to get comfortable with all this kind of stuff. When you invest in the stock market, um, I think you're investing in capitalism. I think the right way to do it is to go with a little bit of large cap companies, a little bit of mid cap companies, a little bit of small cap companies, some international. And uh, I think that's a good thing. I think that's the right way of going about it, per se. Um maybe some emerging markets, you're looking for some sort of income as well. That could be in the form of bonds, which are basically IOUs. You give a corporation or you give a government money, and they say, okay, you've given us $100, we'll give you 3%, $3 every year. That's what a bond is, basically. Or you can go after some sort of REIT. You do not want private REITs. Those who preach private REITs preach ripping you off, and they don't tell you that. FINRA has a lot of, of negative things to say about REITs and how they're not qualified for most people. Um, as far as private REITs, publicly, publicly traded REITs is a real estate investment trust. I'm sitting in a building right now that's owned by a corporation that you know my, my firm, not my firm, my radio station pays money to, pays rent to. And because of that, you know, and this big building, office property company, they own a lot of buildings. They own some in San Francisco, they own some in Chicago, they own some in New York and Atlanta. And they all have tenants that pay rent and a real estate, let's see, there's the real estate investment trust. Because the real estate is the office buildings, right? The investment is, you know, it's publicly traded and they use these funds to go out and buy more real estate properties and manage them. 
the trust angle means they're not paying any taxes and they're legally have to give you 90% of the profits. It's kind of awesome. So they share the income with you. A couple other things that you need to know to get wealthy. Um, so you, you got to have the basics of I'm going to invest. If you put your money in the bank, it doesn't make little baby money. It makes almost no return on investment. The yield is almost nothing. But if you put it in the stock market, your yield is almost, you know, your your equity growth is roughly 10% when you add in the income. That's roughly about 8% plus 2%. Um, so your money makes little baby money. So $100 makes $10. And the next year, that $10 makes $1. Whew. And you had nothing to do with that. And there was little procreation of, of dollars going on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. What do you think is better? Becoming a millionaire or becoming a billionaire? I hope I live long enough to become a billionaire. Millionaire? Eh. It ain't all that in a bucket of chicken. But Mark Cuban said becoming a billionaire is better than becoming a millionaire. He says it's not even close. He was asked recently to rank the feeling of selling his first company to become a millionaire with the feeling of becoming a billionaire when his next big company stock went nuts. On, you know, well, he said oh, the billion by far was better. The million was fun because it was drinking million. It was, oh my God, I'm going to love this. My life's changed, but I got to keep on working because I haven't hit my goals yet. And there's so much more I want to do. The billion, he said, was, I can't effing believe it. Literally, I was sitting in front of a computer, naked, hitting the refresh button because we were close, waiting until my net worth hit that billion when the stock price got to a certain point. Then I kind of screamed, jumped around, got dressed pretty funny story. I too would like to be naked sitting in front of a computer waiting for that that crossing of the line to a billion. Not sure that's going to happen, but it's a nice story. So one of the things that I like to do is, again, constantly remind you that this is a game about getting to retirement. And you can go listen to Sari and Haha. You can go listen to KGO. We're not really reporting news. We're just kind of like repackaging ideas. So I don't think that's going to get you terribly far in life. The stock market on occasion will have a correction, and it doesn't feel good. 
a 10% pullback from recent highs. It's an inevitable part of investing. I kind of like it because I look smarter. The only game I have with chicks, and I'm not talking about women. I'm talking about little tiny, teeny tiny chickens. The only game I have with chicks is the ability to make money and to be smart. But when the stock market's hitting all-time highs, you're making money, I'm making money. I can't differentiate myself. And my chicks go, beep, 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 beep. And they, they go for the, the big, stronger rooster. So stock market corrections are great. Since 1932, declines of 10% to 20% have occurred an average of every two years. We haven't had one forever. The last one that I can remember was 2011. We came close in 2012. The physics of the stock market haven't changed that much, and yet we're not getting these corrections on a regular basis. Now, again, this is a little bit different of a time because the Federal Reserve has been so accommodating with their low cost of money. The bull market has bent but not broken in response to substandard economic reports, hints of tighter monetary policy, geo geopolitical turmoil. No guarantee that the market's going to brush off future disappointments. And corrections could come out of the blue. If you believe the bull market has more room to run, don't panic when it stumbles. It's okay. I feel very, very good when there's a pullback. So since 2011, we had a 19% correction, a 9% correction, a 7% correction, a 5% correction, another 5% correction at January 2014. I like those corrections. You want to beef up your buying power a little bit. Remember when Cartman decided he was going to gain a lot of weight and be strong and muscular and he took Beefcake 2000? You want to have that beefcake ability. So you got to beef up. You got to beef up your buying power. So sometimes when stocks are hitting highs, maybe take a clunker and get rid of it. Maybe take a stock that's at an all time high and, and cut down a little bit. You bought a 5% position, now it's like 8%. Maybe just cut it back. You should always have some cash on hand. Um, some portfolio managers have as much as 30%. You want to have a shopping list um, of stocks that you would buy if they came on sale. And when they go on sale, buy them. You know, if you, for instance, you like Walgreens because it's a healthcare drug pharmaceutical company. And they sell... More Americans are getting medications, right? And when you get medications, you got to go pick them up, right? And when you're picking up your medications, you're like, ooh, that's a, a singing Santa Claus? I want it. M&M's that dance? I'm going to get that for my niece. That's funny. So, I just said something smart. Uh, you're going to see more and more people going to drugstores to fill up prescriptions because of Obamacare. Healthcare. More healthcare. Aging of a population. I like Google. Anytime that stock falls 10%, I like it. Anytime it falls 20%, I like it even more. Anytime it falls 30%, I'm selling something in my portfolio to buy it. Now, again, this is for informational purposes only. Please, no wagering, okay? And again, it's not for everyone. Silverberg Rising for free action. That is not going to on there. So, I, there's something called a stealth correction, which a lot of people don't realize 
is happening. So you'll see like small cap stocks pull back a lot, pull back a lot, pull back 10, 15, 20%. But Apple's carrying the S&P 500 higher and you don't even notice that the Russell 2000 just corrected. One of the worst things you could do ever when it's a down market or an up market, but really a down market is turn on the TV. I'm toying with the idea of getting rid of my TV completely. Can I do it? I think I can. You want to have a strategy. You've probably heard of dollar cost averaging. I know you're saying, well, Rob, if I'm one of your little chicks, peep, 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 peep. what am I going to do if I can't watch TV? Mm, be creative. Maybe we could do an arts and craft project. Maybe we can eat lots of chicken thumbs. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Is that innuendo for anything? No. But I do like the arts and craft projects. But see, the problem is my arts and craft skills are still stuck at like third grade level. So I'll take like a piece of construction paper and cut out a star and put it on top of another piece of construction paper, a different color, and pour glitter on it. I don't have the best arts and craft skills. If anyone wants to like modernize my arts and craft skills, you know, there's class classes for adults who dance. There's classes for adults who, you know, go back to school. Why aren't there any arts and craft classes for adults? I'd like to make some adult-themed, adult-appropriate arts and crafts. So during a correction, you want to have a strategy. You buy a little bit on a 5% dip. You buy a lot on a 10% dip. Dollar cost to average, periodic levels. And during a correction, you want to say, you know what? There's going to be a day when things are good again. I know it. We've gone through this for 120 years, and it's gotten better every time. It happens twice, once every two years, and it's gotten better. So you have to have that optimism. I'm Rob Black. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I love you. I said it first. I probably mean it most. One of the questions that I get most often is, should I buy this? Should I buy Tesla now? Should I buy Google now? It's a pretty common question. It's pretty frustrating because I don't know what people have in their portfolio. There's something called a Vanguard Total Stock Market ETF, and it holds large and mid-sized and small companies. There's a Vanguard Total International Stock ETF, ticker symbol VXUS. It holds 5,000 stocks in emerging markets. So I always want people to cover their basis first, 
and then add a little color here or there. If you have no income, maybe you want a REIT fund or a high-yield bond fund or um, an ETF that goes after dividend achievers. It's really not what stock's right for you. It's what do you need in your portfolio is typically the question. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Excellent, Rob. How are you? I'm good. How's life at New Focus? It's, uh, we've always got a new focus. <laughs> How's that for a cheesy Friday response? That's a pretty... You lead the Cheesy Friday response category by a lot. I know, I do. So I was getting my teeth cleaned yesterday because I think that's a pretty good uh, investment. Okay. So I typically go every four to six months. Um, four if I'm feeling a little placky, six if I'm feeling a little clean. But I was watching this nature video, and they've got this crazy video where I don't know why they show it, and I've seen it numerous times there. It's, it's like called Animal Takedowns. And yesterday it was Baby Elephants 3, no, Baby Elephants 0, and Tigers 3. It was just too much to watch. And then there was one where um, a fox got like a baby goose, a duckling. Basically basically killed like eight ducklings in like ten seconds. And Mama Goose comes back. And then Fox sneaks away with one of them and gives it to their, his babies. Any thoughts on this? No, well, I, obviously it's not a pediatric dental outfit. He is. And yeah. I, I still got to take the kid's dentist. I like the bubblegum flavored cleaner. Um, it, I don't know. Should I tell him that? I, I'm like, this is a little inappropriate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If your kids watch that, they'd be traumatized and they never want to go to the dentist again. Maybe he's trying to just destroy his business for some reason. Who knows? Elephants. Elephants. You should never be taken down on video. It's too majestic of an animal. But anyway, um, he was the guy who bought his practice from his dad, which is something we recently talked about in business succession plans. Mm-hmm, right. Anyway... Um, on a regular basis, people come up to me and say, should I get in the market now? Should I buy Google now? Should I buy Tesla now? Um, and the markets, you know, sometimes they're at all-time highs. What do you think about buying when the, the markets are doing so well? It's easier when markets are doing weak, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's more fun when things are on sale. Um, you know, if you like I said before, the best way to prep for a market correction is to have a little cash on hand. But, you know, we got this email from Tommy, uh, and I know Tommy's a younger guy, and he said, Chad Rob, I was just wondering if you thought that with the market being overpriced, if I should direct my new monies in my 401k to safer yield, perhaps stable value or bonds, you guys are the rock stars of the finance world. So thanks for that, Tommy. But, <clears throat> you know, I know Tommy listens, but I, I think one of the things that you and I talk about all the time is that young, timing the market doesn't matter. It, it just re- it does not matter. Um, there's more studies that show that if you miss the 10 best days in any given market year, you reduce your return by a lot. And nobody can get out or get in at the, at the right time. On taxable accounts, you hear all these people that do super active trading. If that's in a taxable account, you might outperform the market if you're super lucky and it's very rare by, let's say, 5 or 10%, but yet your tax bill on those short-term gains is 30 to 50% and then you're backwards. So we should be spending 70% of our time at market highs because the market's positive seven out of 10 years. So stop worrying about if you're younger trying to time the market, except for if you do see a nice 10, 15, 20% correction, you should be scrambling to buy stuff that's on sale rather than freaking out and saying, should I put my money into a yield? If you sell, you miss out on the dividends. 
and then you don't know when to get back in. So, I mean, that's why we talk about, you know, buying your first hundred to $200,000 just to diversified index funds is great. And then after that, if you get better at picking mutual funds, you can go into small cap managed funds. You can look for managed mutual funds in the world of international and emerging market. But until then, just, you know, total stock market international, total stock market U.S., total stock market emerging, that's a good way to get started. You don't have to worry about timing the market until you're at retirement. And then the only time you need to worry about timing the market is peeling off some gains when the market's good to replenish your cash. Otherwise, you're just going to drive yourself batty listening to the news all the time. Yeah, I've, I had a lobotomy when I was a child because I was acting out and it killed my ability to like get excitable. <laughs> so I, I don't get kind of all crazed and worked up and juiced and amped anymore. But what do you think about like adding like a Latin America fund once you're well diversified? And, I, and I by, look, leave it up to the managers. Okay. I mean, if you go, if you take the approach with your portfolio, what I do as a professional money manager is we have a portion that's in individual stocks, but the only type of stocks that we buy in that area is dividend achievers, companies that have a history of raising their dividend each and every year. And it, we use it as a portion of our large cap core holdings. And then I use some index ETFs and some managed no-load or institutional mutual funds. So you have that diversified approach in terms of indexing, in terms of active management, and then individual stocks. Most people should just start with the index eventually go into some managed mutual funds if you're trying to do it on your own. And if you get a diversified managed mutual fund with a good manager, especially I, I like to go with the more value-oriented approach on the international side because they're going to say, okay, Latin America has dropped. Oh, look, Russia, they've been rattling their saber. They're freaking out. Eventually there's going to be some great value in Russia. So let them determine when to make that move. Otherwise you're going to drive yourself crazy following a Latin American ETF that might be maybe 1% or 2% of your portfolio. But can't you add a little Tabasco sauce flavor, just a small little, without using a manager? Just a little bit? You, uh, just yeah, a I mean, tiny bit? It's, it's just I think most people are going to approach it too emotionally. How about spiders? What do you think about spiders? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that indexed approach ETF. So. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about real spiders, ractophobes. The brown recruits are scary, you know, and... and in the northwest where we have one of our offices, there's there's uh, increase in the in bites of brown recluse spiders. Are those big and furry? Um, they can be. They're not super big, but their bites are nasty. What are you going to do about that? Um, I'm going to step on everyone I see. Did you know that being afraid – what do you call being afraid of a scorpion? <laughs> oh, well, here's a kid joke coming. I don't know. What is it? Arachnophobia. Same thing. Spiders and scorpions fall in the same category. Of arachnids. See, learn something every day on the Rob Black and Your Money Show. Seventh grade science. <laughs> Good deal. I, I had a teacher with red hair, and I remember everything that came out of her mouth because she was lovely. She was a beautiful, beautiful red-haired teacher. You know, yes. I'm just going to say yes, Mrs. O'Neill, and she was probably Irish. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Um. So any last thoughts on, on diversifying your portfolio and, and getting everything that you need st stuck in there? Well, yeah, it just in general, the market in the long term is your friend. It's your advocate. And okay. you know, most mutual funds and ETFs have a certain amount of dividends that are always getting paid and invested for you. And look, I mean, yeah, there's, there's certain sectors in the market right now that are too expensive. 
that certain stocks in biotech or in certain stocks in social media that are outrageously expensive. But the, most of the market, I mean, the SPI is on pace to deliver 9% plus earnings growth over the next 12 months at these rates. Revenue growth so far in this earnings season is better than expected. There's low wage inflation, low interest expense. So could we have a correction of 10% anytime soon? Yeah, but who cares? They come and go. I kind of wish they would happen the first nine months of the year and not the last three months because I max out my 401k in the first nine months. Yeah, yeah. So I'm buying always at a high, always at a high, always at a high, and then there's that 20% correction that comes and goes. It's, it's like a flash, and I get no 20% discounts. Yeah, see, I like to level my out all throughout the year evenly. I know. You're better than me. Mom likes you more. <laughs> um, what about things like Russia or China? You know, when China has, like, bad smog news or Russia's got Ukrainian news, do you ever try to take advantage of, like, as much as we talk about geopolitical news being bad for the markets, do you ever take advantage of geopolitical news for an opportunity to buy into a market? Well, it's, again, on the active management side, doing conference calls with our active managers and finding out if they're making the moves that we think should be made. And, you know, do they, does it match our theme? Um, I think that's fine. Um, but, again, I mean, you, keep, you hear all these news, and, like, China was supposed to fall apart, continue to fall apart this year, and they keep coming out with better than expected numbers. Thanks very much. It's Chad Burton. He's a certified financial planner. You can hear him every day, one to two, or you can hear him every day on this station. Katie O'Debio, AM 1220. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. While you're there, you can fill out a form and submit a portfolio. It will be reviewed. You can find that at newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. Talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. Trying my best to bring you some nuggets of wisdom to make you a better investor over time. One of the areas that you know I try to creep in some humor with of the show is, is some advice for you. And you know this one may not sound like advice, but be careful how much money you spend on someone's wedding gift. The average American spends about $196 on a wedding gift, depending on, I guess, what state and what sort of how wealthy you are and such. But that's a lot of money. Um, and I throw that out there because you never want to go into debt for any reason. And one of them is trying to keep up with the Joneses and like, well, if he's going to the wedding, then I better get this. And I, I hate the whole idea of weddings, for the record. I think it's an archaic notion that came from some sort of island nation when people's lives were shorter and uh, the marriage meant you had to have a kid to keep the tribe alive. 
I just made that up. It probably came from some other castle feudal system in Europe or something on That's true love. hundred and thirty percent true. See, I'm right. Thank you. Um, I don't know. First and foremost, never invite me to a wedding. Because I'm the guy at the table who's taking bets on how long the marriage is going to last. So you put me at a table with 80 of your friends, and me and my sugar booger are, are collecting money going over and under seven months. Over and under seven months. You know, with uh, divorces now, Facebook is cited in 50% of divorces. What do you think Tinder's going to do? What do you think Tinder's going to do to the divorce rate in America? Anyway, um, yeah, the whole idea of a wedding to me is just silly at this point in time. If you love someone, that's great. You want to be married? Great. Elope. Have a nice party when you come back from your honeymoon. Instead of putting money into a spoonful of kisses, which again, as soon as I see that spoon with Hershey Kisses in it, I'm guessing three months on the marriage. The odds get worse because you have no style. Um, okay, the guy who found uh, Napster, Sean, whatever his name is, um, he had a nice wedding. He did it in the... Uh, he did it in the evergreen trees, the big tall ones in California. And uh, Sean Fanning, is that right? Sounds right. Sean, oh, I got to think of it. Anyway, um, Sean Parker. So, that was close. Fanning, Parker. Born in 1979, came up with Napster, uh, went to the MTV Music Awards, was cheered. But uh, he and his wife got married at the Redwoods, and that sounds lovely. He also spent millions and millions of dollars outfitting people in costumes, but the Redwoods sounds lovely. So, um, Yeah, weddings are a big waste of money, I hate to tell you. Now, just to show you that my brother Michael, I've got a lot of brothers. I've got four brothers and a little sister. And we all have a special gift. Um, because my dad was an alcoholic, we all developed something that other kids didn't develop. Maybe it was a sense of storytelling. Maybe it was a sense of, uh, you know, smarts. You know, if you're smart, you can't really criticize you. You've got all A's. You can't call you a dummy. So and he wasn't a physical alcoholic. He was a mental alcoholic. He was the kind who would play mind games with you. So he wasn't drop dead drunk. I mean, I think I saw him trashed once in my life kind of thing. But um, where does this story go? This story has to go somewhere. Oh, my brother Michael. He has no social skills, but he's a really, really smart guy. So when he got married, he offered his wife or his bride, he said, we could do a big wedding, spend $10,000, or I could just write you a check for $10,000 right now, and we could put it in our retirement. They spent the money. They're divorced. I know. I know. You're saying exactly what I'm saying, right? I can't believe that, like, uh, he spent only $10,000. You want to hear a horrible story? She had, uh, she was like a vet, and he accidentally sat on a kitten once. Could you be the person who comes back from that? I would have a tough time coming back from that. This is a story with a lot of animal violence in it today. Please do not take this home and, and recreate any of it. Animals are our friends. So Sean Parker's wedding cost $9 million. 
nine million dollars. Um, there's a company. It's called what is it called? Zanku, Z-A-N-K-U, Z-A-N-K-Y-O-U. Could be the worst name of a company that I've heard of as far as dot commerce go. But they um, they help to do wedding gifts and you know it's what they do is they do it's an online registry where the couple tell you what they'd like whether it's physical items maybe a honeymoon fun or savings for a home together um, and guests give the couple money to spend on those items so it's just a kind of play on that which seems terribly impersonal to me but I'd rather I guess I'd rather that so <laughs> I love it one of the gift items should be a divorce attorney fund because we know the divorce attorneys ain't cheap even though uh, it's a state where you can't win, uh, I always, always recommend divorce mediation. Always. And with a phrase that pays of, you once loved each other, find that love for the split up. It'll be a lot cheaper if you do, and you'll have more money. And the divorce attorney won't be able to play in a rock and roll band and have a big head. And, yeah. I don't like the idea of giving it an attorney. I know a guy who got a divorce over $100,000. I mean, he paid for a divorce attorney's kid to go to college for two years. That's crazy. Maybe even four years. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. I do. I do to you and you and you. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Some days I kick back and go into strategy mode versus going into hardcore business story mode. And I change it. Um, I do as best as I can to help you help yourself. And, you know, one of the people that I admire on this planet, uh, because, well, it's Richard Branson. I admire Richard Branson because one time he was kite surfing with a model on his shoulders. She had a pretty bodacious body. I was like, if I could ever be on a Caribbean island kite surfing with a model on my shoulders, well, that means I've made it. If I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. 
right? I know, I know some people would just settle for kite surfing or the bodacious model. I want her on my shoulders, right? When he was 16, he started a magazine called Student. Six years later, he opened up a recording studio. Recorded a track called Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. Stayed on the UK charts for 247 weeks. His empire had begun, but it began at 16, a very young age. He's 64 plus years old at this point in time, so he's been in business a long part, long time. In my opinion, he's part man, he's part myth, he's part legend. His Virgin Group is composed of over 400 companies. Can you imagine that? You look at Virgin America and you're like, oh, that's the guy Virgin Atlantic or whatever. Virgin Records, and you're like, oh, he's got 400 companies. He's got he employs 60,000 people. He, he goes to space. Like, where do you park in space? He, he goes flies up there and he's like, I'm in space. He probably has a bodacious model on his shoulders in space, right? He's estimated worth five billion dollars. He operates his businesses in over 30 countries. He's got a little bit of a flair for the dramatic, right? You might remember when you were a younger person, he crossed the Atlantic Ocean in a hot air balloon. He kite surfed across the British Channel without Bodacious model on his shoulders. But he probably could have done it, because that's the myth that is Richard Branson. Some of his quotes in life, and I, I kind of go back on some of these and touch, I always want you to have 20 things that you believe in. Um... Be greedy when others are fearful. Be fearful when others are greedy. You know, that could be one of your mantras. But he talked about entrepreneurship once. He said, entrepreneurship is about turning what excites you in life into capital so that you can do more of it and move forward with it. I was working for the biggest Richard on the planet. He'd come in and he'd have Italian shoes on, Italian shirt, Italian jacket. And... Uh, He's like, you should do this. So I wore a sweater vest for a year just to, to spite him. And let me tell you that there's, I told you I've got no game with women. But when you wear a sweater vest, not only do you have no game with women, you have double no game with women. I was a tortured soul, but I spited him. And then I decided, you know what? I kind of want to do this myself. I don't really want people around me. And I walked right out of the machinery. So there was this... this and I've been doing what I love ever since. He talked about on a purpose. He said, a business is simply an idea to make other people's lives better. There's um, a business that I just studied up on. And it was started by a dancer. But I am a dancer. Um, her name was Peel Kadakia. Kadaka. Peel Kadakia. So... Anyway, see, I'm not good with names, huh? Basically, she got mugged. And she felt like she was weak, physically weak. And she decided to do something about it. Um, she wanted muscle. And she was a dancer, you know, so she had the lower body and she had the core, but she didn't have any upper body. So she started with a what's called a class pass business, and it's, it was designed to make people's lives better. Uh, the idea was to get, you know, local gyms, that have different types of classes to let you on a monthly basis subscribe to going to different gyms. 
So maybe you'll pay a little bit more money than you typically would, or maybe you'd pay 50 bucks a month. And you would go to, like, you could do yoga at one studio, you could do dance at another studio, you could do weights at another studio. Because no one gym is perfect. And now her business is growing like a weed. For something that, you know, was born out of being mugged, she's come up with a, a business with a hockey, cur- cur- hockey stick curve. It's stunning. Um, and it's a great idea. I want to start yoga. If anyone would... If anyone has any advice for me on starting yoga, keep in mind, when I just stand straight up, sometimes I wobble. So the idea of standing on one foot, not so good. I need something for beginners, if anyone has any advice. Rob at robblackshow.com. Richard Branson talked about what work should be like. He said, I believe that drudgery and clock watching are a terrible betrayal of that universal, inborn entrepreneurial spirit. I feel the same way. When I'm bored, I, I decide to quit and move on. And there'll come a day. I'm toiling with TV at this point in time. On where the name Virgin came from, I don't think this is going to be a big reveal to you. He said that one night he was chatting with a group of 16-year-old girls over a few drinks about a name for the record store. A bunch of ideas were bounced around then. So we were all new to the business. Someone suggested Virgin. It's a virgin business smacked of new and fresh at the time, and the word was still slightly risque. So thinking it would be an attention grabber, he went with it. I guess the word doesn't carry as much power as it used to, but yeah, if you think back to like the 50s and 60s, early 70s, I mean, it was a powerful word. Maybe it still does have incredible power. Um, He talked about on getting permission. He said, at first I wasn't even allowed to register the business name because the word virgin was thought to be rude. I had to sit down in my best 15-year-old penmanship and write a letter to the registrar's office that began, surely the word virgin is anything but rude. It's the opposite of rude. And they eventually relented. I'm a big fan of don't take no for an answer. On being a boss, he said, perhaps therefore it is odd if there is any one phrase that is guaranteed to set me off, it's when someone says to me, okay, fine, you're the boss. I agree with that. I like fresh ideas. I like people bringing stuff to the table. What that person is really saying is, okay, then I don't agree with you, but I'll roll over and do it because you're telling me to. But if it doesn't work out, I'll be the first one to remind you that, you know, it wasn't my idea. I hate people like that. On taking care of people. Richard Burns said, if you look for the best in your employees, they'll flourish. If you criticize or look for the worst, they'll shrivel up. We all need lots of watering. One person I hate in the world of business, Donald Trump. I think he's a big phony. Um, I think he's a great marketer, but not a great businessman. I think his business advice is pretty awful, if not miserable. For you young men who are under 25 who idolize him, you're dorks. You're idiots. You're not free thinkers. Richard Branson, he's the man, in my opinion. I kind of like the adventure angle, but did you also know he's big into sustainability? Anyhow, I like game changers. I like branding. He started at 16. started young. Go out there today and start something. Do it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Email me, rob at robblackshow.com.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Forbes comes out with an annual top college rankings every year. And I always like, you know, flipping through Forbes. Um, It's interesting to me. It may not be as interesting to you, and I get that. Um, But they come out with the top ten schools in America. Well, actually, they come out with, they rank all the schools. Um... And some people don't really want to see that ranking, which is interesting to note. Um, Brigham Young, 79th. Uh, I always think that you want to go to a college that has, you know, a really good degree that you're interested in. So I, I think there's always a case to be made for almost any school, but not really. Top three schools in the nation. Again, Harvard's not one of them. Swarthmore? In Pennsylvania, comes in at three. Have you ever even heard of Swarthmore? Stanford University comes in at number two. And Williams College comes in at number one in Massachusetts. I happen to own a home relatively close to Stanford. So I see a report like that, I'm happy. It makes me very, very happy to think about. There's got a lot of value in that. So that's out there in the news today as far as, you know, colleges. And again, I I just kind of want you to be as smart as you can be when it comes to money, when it comes to investing. And there's some odd concepts like buying a home near a great college. It can't be a normal concept for most people. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the areas that we're seeing a lot of change in is payments. A wave of innovations really happening. And on a pretty regular basis, I'll say that I'm all for um, Visa and MasterCard and American Express's investments. But you better believe I'm thinking pretty hardcore about what could go wrong. It's kind of my job. Figuring out what could go right is the easy side. Figuring out what can go wrong is the tough side. As an investor, you need to do that too. And you can actually, it's one of my life hacks. Instead of falling in love with someone, find out what's not good about that person, where you're not a match. And you'll save yourself a lot of time. A friend of mine recently asked me about my Facebook page. I'm like, I don't update it. I don't have time for it. It's one of my life hacks. I want my time to be mine and not looking at your ugly kid. So one area that just creeps me out, I've got people here in radio, and I'm not going to say their names. They've tried to friend me on Facebook. I'm like, no, thank you. Denied. i got some people on TV, too. But, and they'll come up to me and say, did you get my friend request? And it's awkward. Awkward. You know what's awkward? The Oakland A's traded Cepitus. Uh, Cuban player, Johannes Subsidus. And then four days later, they're giving away his T-shirt at the, the game. That's awkward. 
That's poor planning, A. So I don't look for the person who, I will never befriend anyone, anyone. I will never fall in with love with anyone. Who's that sympathy digger? If you know what I'm saying? The, the people who have to go through, you know, treat their lives as if it's garbage and just go through it. You'll never have a clue what the person's talking about. Uh, I don't respond to comments. Um, I don't like dramatic messages. I kind of want to post on my Facebook page, hey, everyone, good news, I got cancer. And then, like, three days later, after everyone feels bad for me, oh, oh, I meant cabbage. I meant cabbage. Auto-correct. Awkward. I, I just, I don't believe in the people who put their drama on Facebook. I don't believe in the people who put their, their every minute of their life on Facebook. Um... I woke up early today. I don't care. Or the post, I had a biscuit and two slices of bacon and orange. I don't really care what you had for breakfast. Now, if you want to take a picture of your poop, I'll take a look at that. Small piece of advice, if you work in a business, like building, try to get to the restrooms before 9 a.m. Because it sounds like a high school band warming up at 9 <laughs> like, what is that? What is that sound? That's one of the things I'll do at sporting events. One of my favorite stories is uh, Carol Channing at the Academy Awards or the Emmys or something. She's an old-time comedian. She told this story. She said she'd come out of the restroom and just to mess with people, she should say, I don't remember eating corn. And for some reason, that makes me smile. It's childish, but lovely. Okay, so I don't like the Facebook people. Um, I like my gym. Look at my muscles. That's always a shocker. The guy who heads up Bart for media, he's uh, got a media page, Facebook page. And he, uh, he works out a lot, and he puts up muscle pictures a lot. And I find that really, really strange because I have him on my Facebook work page because of uh, I work in TV and he's a good contact to have kind of thing. That's what I use Facebook for, contacts, nothing else. Um, how about the persistent inviter? The person who's inviting you to virtual farming games or online puzzles or crowdsourced murder mysteries or bubble games. Now do you see, like, when you start looking at what Facebook is, like, you don't want anything to do with it. The overzealous hipster, guy who has ankle booties, every craft beer known to man. Look, if you have that many craft beers, you've got too much time on your hands. A friend of mine didn't believe me that in New York, a big rising trend now are beard transplants. Beards are so popular now that plastic surgeons are doing beard transplants. And I find that revoltingly, shockingly American. I do. <laughs> I like... I've got a friend who, a female, who wanted to get a part of her body fixed that no one can see. It's an intimate area. I'm like, you're really going to get plastic surgery done in that area for like $10,000? And I'm like, okay. You're 30 years old. That 10000 would have become 20000 by the time you're 37. It would have become $40,000 by the time you're in your 40s. By the time you're in your 50s, it would have been 80. By the time you retire in your 60s, it would have been $160,000. Whoa. Like, I really don't get people. 
That's the nice thing about being a man. We're comfortable. Most of them, most men are comfortable aging. And most of us are comfortable with our imperfections. No, I'm, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to think we're, we're equally messed up. But don't let it lead to spinning do-re-mi. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You want to look better? Go to the gym and eat better. Drink a lot of water. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and IR radio station. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Trying to compare what I do, what you do, would be interesting. I get up super early. Some days as early as 4.15, 4.30. I typically stop working somewhere between 6 and 7. PM. There's a little bit of a workout in there. And there's sometimes where I just burn out and I can only make about seven hour days. One of the things I try to do is outwork you. The guy who's in really good shape for a movie role. Why is he in really good shape for a movie role? Because he outworked me. Same thing, but I'm going to outsave him. I'm going to outinvest him. He's going to make more money than me because he's in movies. But kind of see where this is all going. One of the things I look at very honestly is your dollars, your doleros. There's no shortage of people clamoring for money each day. If I see a penny on the street, I pick it up. I'm not against that. I'm not one of those, I wasn't one of those children who was like, mine, 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 all mine. I wasn't clamoring for wealth. But I find that wealth is very interesting. If you have an extra dollar, pay off any high-interest consumer debt. got an email yesterday from a person who is going to inherit some money. This was how long the email was. Rob, I'm going to inherit some money. I'm thinking about paying off my credit card debts, maybe buying a house and a car. I'm like, and that's all I know. That's all I know. Is it a lot of money? I guess so, because there's a house was mentioned in it. But if it's not, I mean, if it's like a million dollars, sure, you can go out and buy a house. But if it's 200000 maybe you can get a down payment on a house. But then you have to make sure you can afford everything else that comes with it. Housing is not cheap. Um, and it was just too vague. I, I don't know. Um, but she also wanted to invest. So one of the things I, I go at is always pay off any debt over 8%. Always. Um, anytime you have an extra dollar, uh, make sure that your insurance needs are met. So make sure your life insurance is there if you have a spouse that needs your income or children that need your income. If you're a high earner or you probably want some sort of disability insurance, we have someone at the station who just broke an ankle. 
And she's rolling around on a little ankle broken leg scooter thing. And it's cute. Um, she could have missed serious amounts of work. And at some point in time, like you don't get paid. So any extra money, I, I instantly put find places to use it. Uh, you get free money by taking advantage of your company's 401k match. I always think that's a good idea. If you have an extra dollar laying around and you've paid off all your credit card debt, uh, start a 529 plan for your kid's long-term college saving plan. If you have a kid who's going to go to college, it's a good idea. You want to contribute the maximum possible to your Roth IRAs if your income levels allow you to. 2014, you can contribute 5500 per person or 6500 if you're over 50. The ability to contribute to a Roth IRA goes away entirely, however, if your income level is above 191000 in 2014. I'm sad. I can't contribute to my Roth. I make a lot of money. I'm happy. But I'm also sad. I once wanted to write a children's book called The Really Sad Donkey. Because there's nothing better than messing up your kids' heads with sad stories. And then Susie Orman said she would sue me if I wrote her life story. Oh, Susie Orman. Uh, yeah, that, who's the donkey? Is that Sarah Jessica Parker? I don't know. Okay, Sarah Jessica Parker's the horse. Susie Orman's the donkey. Horse. Cow. Cow. There she is. I think I need some more tea. Um, max out your 401k if you can, every year. If you do that, I'm impressed. You're allowed to save 17500 per person, whopping 23000 for investors 50 or older. It's not bad. Set, set aside excess savings in a liquid taxable investment account for midterm needs and projects. Emergency savings help protect you in the short term. I've got a driveway that is going to need to be tore out and clean out valve or clean out things going to need to be put in at some point. I don't know how much that's going to cost, but I've saved for it already. If that makes any sense. So I always find places for my extra dollars. My extra dollars don't sit in a bank and earn no interest. One thing that uh, I also like to remind myself of from time to time and Buying a new car versus buying a used car. I'm so about used cars. And I had a car once that blew up on me. Um, it was just, I think, I think it was one of those just bad cars. Or maybe it was the fact that I didn't put oil in it for months and months and months. It's one or the other. And uh, I had the engine rebuilt. I said, how long is this going to run? He said, it's like a new car. I rebuilt your engine. I'm like, Really? He's like, well, the brakes are old and stuff like that. But he's like, you got a whole new engine, dude. I rebuilt it all. I'm like, what's that mean? Like, I'm not the smartest when it sometimes comes to, like, what did you say? So I got another 100,000 miles out of it for sure. Anyhow, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Start today. Start saving. Start your business. Start something today. If I can't motivate you to say... You can do it. Rah, rah, shish, boom, bah. Don't buy real estate out of state. Don't fall for scams. Don't. But if I can motivate you to start, and here's one image that you don't want to be. 
70 years old, living in a trailer, eating cat food. Start protecting yourself from that. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.